Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Question. That's the know. question, right? The Things Cavs are, are winning feisty. it all. That's it. They're winning it all. Things are getting feisty. <laughs> Hey. Max Struess is the, is the difference maker. They're winning it all. Hey, I'll tell you, Monty Bates was impressive last night sitting on the bench. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he was. Listen, <laughs> he, he was, was three deep his, from his, getting in. Hey, man, his celebrations was cold. His celebration was crazy. He's the, that he, may be all we see of him for he, a while. He's the first dude off the bench like this when everybody else shot yeah. threes. Right? All right, you know good, good, you know, good. Uh, they won last night, the Cavaliers. We're going to talk about them later in the show. Busy show for you today. Quarterback reaction from the panel, what happened yesterday? They obviously they've signed PJ Walker now. Yeah, um, we were fired up. Earl G and I. You were guys getting, were kind of we doing were, a show. We were arguing. Yeah, we was. We got a lot of stuff Heavy to get to. Heavy duty arguments going on. I've, and I and I I I listened to what you guys were saying, um, and I think that we may get to that yeah. in the show today. Yeah. By the way, the, it's an interesting. T- point that G's making. Yeah. By the we'll way, I, by the way, I'm, I'm around G so much now that when my my dog was like under the table while I was trying to eat, he was being really annoying. I, and I turned to him and said, Crash, you're out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's how often I'm around him right now. <laughs> and, and he went. <laughs> yeah, he had no, he had no clue what that meant. I don't Where know they, what that verbal cue is out that. of pocket. Um, Bernie's here. Got to ask gonna be him about Taylor while. Swift. Yes. I mean, can you believe this? I mean, Our quarterback, yes. Bernie Kosar, is more famous than he's ever been right. at any point in his playing career because he took a picture with Taylor Swift. Right. I got. I, listen, I got a theory. It's a deep, dark theory of how he actually knows Taylor Swift. I'm going, I, I can't tell it right now. I tell you, I, I got a theory, though. I think I know how he knows Taylor. <laughs> well, how he got to know Taylor right, Swift. Right, got you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, Bernie's going to be here. He'll tell us all about his brush with greatness. Uh, Tay-Tay, as we call her up in the newsroom. Everybody in the newsroom is a Swifty but me. They call her Tay-Tay? They call her Tay-Tay. Is that what all her fans call her? I don't know. Is that, guys, is that what all her fans call her? I have never heard Miss Nuggets call her Tay-Tay. I think, honestly, that's a a punchable offense. Now, we don't punch women. Yeah. But if a man said that, I'd have to punch him. Because that's a punchable offense. I think that's what Taylor Swift is known by up in the newsroom now. If you say Tay-Tay to anybody, they're like, What'd she do? I thought that Tay-Tay sounded like one of my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were cousins with Tay-Tay. Um, yeah, so a lot to get to. Aditi's also going to join us on the program. Our first hello and good morning of the day to Mikey McNuggets, who tried to call me. My phone was on Do Not Disturb. Don't ask me how it got there. I don't even know how you do that. Well, our, you don't know our how to phone, phone issues. No. We have to get back really? on track because yesterday I do not. you responded to a text from July from me. Well, now and that looked was at me was weird, and then today I tried calling you, and you had essentially blocked me out. So, by the way, I I think we may need to discuss whether Jay has finally hit old age right here. <laughs> finally, <laughs> what are you talking about? When it comes to this, yeah, I make text messages, I play games, I take phone calls. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. He uh, also it. has quadruple XL font on his phone. He reads. Yeah, he's watch K to J. That is all that he sees. Want to see his my phone. text font? Oh my it's, God. it's not that, that large. I can't read it. Yeah. Wait till crazy. you hit fifty. Is all I got to say. I have hit fifty. 
and, and I can't and read it either. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I, when I'm when I'm in my ba- like I watch the, the Browns games in my basement, but then I look at my phone and I'm like, yeah, when it's dark, it's even worse. <laughs> I know man. what you mean, right? Because I like the lights off to watch the game. The first time it hit me, I was at a restaurant and we were ordering, and I thought. Who the hell smeared Vaseline all over this this menu? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't see it. Yeah. And I've got 2010 vision. Even now, I have 2010 at a distance. Oh, right. But up close, it's just all blurred. Yeah, it's all It'll blurred. happen, Mikey. And then you'll think back of when you used to make fun of my large font. Yeah. And you'll be glad that they have that feature I'm, on the I'm, phone. My dad does it, too. So it's does he? Line. Yeah. Your dad just had a birthday, right? Just turned 60. Yeah, okay. So, so he and I are very similar. I'm age. 40, and I still can't see nothing. I've been yeah. having these glasses for like three, four years. <laughs> oh, and by the way, <laughs> it's so bad that I had to start getting my sunglasses in prescription. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I was like, I can't wear sunglasses. Because oh, I can't. Wow. I, I definitely you, you can't. Yeah, they was like, yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. We got a busy show. We're going to get into topics, but first, a reminder of what the number one sportsbook in all of America is, and that is obviously FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, on a simple $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. Even Jake can use it. There's a wide range of betting (laughs) options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. That's, once again, FanDuel.com slash UCSS. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And maybe you guys can become the next Brian Abrams, who turned a $1.79 bet into a $303 payout with a five-part parlay on NBA's opening night. He had... Nurkic over 9.5 rebounds, over 11.5 points, over 2.5 assists. Michael Porter Jr., alternate rebounds, over 10.5. And a a little baseball sprinkled in here. Brandon Paft with seven or more strikeouts. That all hit, and he turned $1.79 into $303. If you want to be like Brandon, make sure you got – Brian, excuse me, make sure you guys – that's over a good uh, return. First of all, I didn't know you could bet a dollar and seventy-nine cents. That's where I was going with this poll. Yeah. First of all, Brian, I'm glad you won. You yeah. need the money. If you're betting a dollar seventy-nine, right? You think that you just sounds like $2. sofa money? Yeah, right. you're like you're shaking. I got to get this bet in. What do I have? Yeah, and you, you that's a dollar hey, seventy-nine. That's he like a hundred eighty times his return. You know? Yeah, but just round up the two bucks yeah, I don't, and you I got don't another get that. seventy bucks. Hey. By the if way, it hits, it hits real quick because we got to get into quarterbacks. Right. PJ Walker starting. Deshaun is not, but Deshaun is going to speak to the media today. Interesting. Despite the fact he's not starting or playing. That's according to Mary Kay Cabot. We were going to talk about how we all think the Browns made the right choice to shut him down on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And if you're not playing, you usually don't talk to the media. This is real fascinating. Quick, By the way, guys the, thoughts on that? The Browns spread on FanDuel has went over that big number from three to three and a half. Which yeah. is always a big thing when you move a line from three to three and a half. It is. A lot of games end as three-point games. I think it's fascinating that Deshaun Watson is speaking. Um, this goes to a conversation that G and I were, you know, got into a feisty conversation off the air about Deshaun Watson. He thinks there's some nefarious things going on oh, yeah. in play behind do you the want, scenes. Do you want I to start with that? It, because I, I think yeah. it's pretty interesting, oh, yeah. your theory. I'm with Bull. I don't buy your theory, but yeah. your theory is an interesting so, one. So let me go ahead and just uh, just give you the background. So basically, you know me. I'm a comment section guy. And, um, you know, I wanted to t- try to feel the temperature. That's one of the things I try to do. Like, I, I'm out in the street a lot. I'm out and about. And people come up to me and talk, and, and either I'm going to restaurants, people talk. Or, but I, I check out not just our comment section, but the comment section 
for, you know, the most popular brown sites. You know, Quincy Carey is very popular. You got Cleveland.com, Mary Kay, and those guys over there um, as well. So I, I, I digest a lot of Brown's content, including my own, you know, barbershop content. Um, so when I'm looking at the comment section and I'm on Twitter and I'm just trying to gather the, the, the temperature in the room, I, I've seen a drastic flip, a drastic flip. Usually in the beginning of the season when he was playing, even if he was playing poorly, there was not the, the calls for this is the worst trade of all time. Brown's got fleeced. Uh, and on top of it, the vitriol is different. The vitriol now, you see more and more and more and more sexual assault jokes. You see more and more and more people, and people putting their name next to it. You've also started to see more and more local media, national media, second-guessing the move, more of the national media, and obviously we, we had the crescendo with, with Brady Quinn. And I think what's happening is these the narrative in the miscommunication of, of whether he's going to play in a day-to-day situation is killing his a character, um, how people perceive him, um, because people are now saying and questioning whether he's hurt anyway. So when you keep saying day-to-day, day-to-day, he's already, they've already said that he was cleared to play, right? So that was, that's already in somebody's mind. Two, the general manager said he was supposed to be playing way earlier than he is now. So now in their mind, they're thinking, well, how hurt can this guy be? Everyone's saying he's not hurt. And then he takes a little hit like that. And now he's hurt again. So if you, if and people are saying, if he was hurt that bad this last time, why are they not just shutting him down? Why is he, why is he day to day? And, and my theory is this. If you shut Deshaun Watson down for the rest of the season, what is the focus now squarely on? Squarely on the, sh- the head, head coach. coach? I-, I think it's still squarely on him. And, and, and squarely on the shoulders of the GM. Because yeah. now you don't. there is no Deshaun Watson to distract the media. All you have is P.J. Walker. Is your team playing well? Are you winning games? And second guessing. Why did you have him out there? Why didn't you get another quarterback? What's going on with the offense? Now, those things are, un- you can't hide from that. That's just on your no, shoulders. No, but, but gee, I, what I, what I'm looking at now is the general manager rolled us into the season woefully underprepared. Yes. That's on him. Yes. And he is not escaping that. Well, and I think for, for us, yeah. we, are, we, we are informed. We are informed of what, what was happening for the regular- I think the general fan. Look, when, when, when Watson wasn't available and they put a quarterback out there who had never played in the NFL before, Fans quickly found out, oh, this isn't going to work. And then when they went to P.J. Walker, we're also saying, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. I, you don't have to be informed. Yeah. Just watch the games and but, see who they're putting out on the field. But I think right now the onus is not on the fact that they didn't go get another quarterback. It is for me. The onus of the, uh, of the population, as I've been watching it in the common fan, is saying that Deshaun Watson got $230 million and does not want to play. But the, That is a majority. I, I don't... I mean, I, listen, you're looking at a lot more stuff than I am. Remember, there's a lot of people that love the Browns that are not on social media, hey, well, that well, are not tweeting. Well, real quick. The vast like majority Florio, of Americans are not on social media. Mike Florio put out an article this morning exactly with what G's saying. 
and he said it's all speculation, but he, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, put out yeah. an article exactly with what G said this morning. Did he really? Well, I didn't see it. What was he saying? That Exactly what G just he, said. That He, he doesn't was believe. specifically saying that there's speculation Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play? He, uh, I'll get you the, the headline, but essentially he said there's something fishy going on in Cleveland. Okay, so here's the thing. The bottom line is that stuff is all irrelevant. All that matters is what Jimmy Haslam thinks. Now, Jimmy Haslam is a lunatic, right? So we don't know what he's thinking. All I know is any relatively intelligent person is like Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry may be many things that you like or don't like. They're not idiots. Uh, throwing your purposely throwing your quarterback under the bus because you think that's going to save your job to me is stupid. Well, if you remember, why Paul, would you do that? It doesn't make there, any sense. There was all kinds of that similar speculation, and I know you guys remember it. There was a fan conspiracy theory that. In the Steelers game, Baker's last year, they left him unprotected with no tight end to chip, and he got sacked nine times. And a lot of fans were like, hey, you made nothing. You made no adjustment. You you put that guy out there to get him hurt so you, you can know, be done with we've him. But a lot of fans believe that. I believe a lot with Baker Mayfield Listen, is true. If, if either of these are true, and there's no way of knowing unless they would give them truth serum and they would say, yeah, we, we left Baker on an island on purpose. I can't fathom that they would do that because, we, to your point, yeah. they're not idiots. That doesn't benefit now, you. Now, when I was watching in real time, I'm yelling at the st- screen saying, are they idiots? Why are they not it, giving him help? The, Who was it, Hudson, yeah, that was James on that Hudson side? And he just play after play after play Be, and nine times. Because, you got to think about it. When they were here with Baker Mayfield, they had made in their minds that they didn't want to give him the money that he wanted. They were apart on the number, the number from the previous. Okay, year you don't have to put him out there to get so, killed to so, get there. So here's how here's how it went down. They decided, hey, we want our own quarterback. It's kind of hard to get your own quarterback if the quarterback you have right now is beloved. You're he's right. Affordable, but if they and they're did, playing well, well, uh, gee, no, I, I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. I I can't. Allow my brain, <laughs> and, and here's why. What? Maybe it's ahead. because this is the team I love. Okay. I I mean, you guys probably don't even know how much I love this team. It people think that I love to come up here and throw darts. I don't. That's my job. Yeah. And I have to I have to at least say what I see. Mm-hmm. If that is true, we're worse than I ever imagined. If you have an, if you have a sabotage, an internal guys, sabotage, guys, I just can't believe we've that. reached a point in our society where anybody says anything and we it can gets just pretend legs. it's true. It gets like right. Yeah. Consp- now Florio's different. But I'm not even talking about sports. Look at society. Look at politics. you're right. Everybody like with a Twitter handle suddenly has a voice. Everybody throws out all kinds of nonsense, and it and it takes on a life of its it own. It can. Anything is possible. You know, anything is, yeah, of course there could be. I, I, I lived, I, I've lived in this, I've lived in a brown sphere. Let's think, let's think about in the brown sphere things that you thought was crazy that would have never happened, but you found out was true. How's about somebody getting on the cell phone and calling and say, put Johnny Manziel in the game? That's crazy. Yeah. That's you're right. ludicrous. You're right. How, how's about Jimmy Haslam picking like his quarterback almost basically by any, mini mighty mo? Or as le- as legend has it, a homeless person. Yes. Well, that's not true. Uh, or I, I mean, actually, I don't know. That's not true. We don't. We never. We don't know that it's true or not. True. A head coach gave a PowerPoint about yeah. why he hated your organization so much to let him out of the contract. That's crazy. Like that never. They had a. Pro- Gee, you. But you are things, right. Th- there are crazy things with the Browns. Those things 
at least I, in theory could benefit the person, right? But, but you got. But here's what I'm saying. At that time, you got to think about it. When they had Baker Mayfield, when you say benefit them, their benefit was we want our but quarterback. Okay, we've now G- made that, we, we've now, we're now doing what we what we get mad at other people for. We're throwing out stuff with no factual, no facts to back it up. There is no proof, no facts whatsoever. So we got mad at Brady Quinn, deservedly so, for throwing out nonsense. That's why I'm interested. And then we're essentially doing the same thing. I'm interested though to hear what what. The well, report, how does this, what, what what did the report say go, from today? Go ahead, go through no, it. Listen, Florio, it was Florio not a, is is is. It, he did not. This is not even a report. The article is titled "Strange Vibes Continue Between Browns and Deshaun Watson." He essentially I, put into words G's conspiracy without facts. He was just pointing out things that he thought okay. were fishy. There's no sources. Okay. There's no, it's just Mike Florio. It's more of a now. A lot of times, what Mike does is he gets whispers on stories. And he can't necessarily say – he can't say a source because then everybody in Cleveland is looking around like, who's the mole? So a lot of times he'll talk to a lot of people and he'll develop his opinion. I, I do think that sometimes his opinions, his straight opinion, which that is, is rooted in some kind of whisper within the How organization. How benefit Kevin Stefanski? That's my point. I will tell you. To, because to, to Baker because Mayfield, you, okay, you, you want the, him to the, be gone. You want the fans to turn on him. I don't if buy that either. If the fans turn on Deshaun Watson, they're still tied to him for four more no, years. No, no, but here's the thing. If they turn if they turn on Deshaun Watson, that's the, that's the collateral damage. What Stefanski is doing is saying, look, Deshaun Watson is hurt. We, we couldn't even put a game plan in because he's day-to-day. From day to day, we didn't know what he was going to do, where yeah. he was going to be at. Right. We lost Nick Chubb. So, look, hey, I, I, we, 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 we've been through the most, and look where we were at. We're 4-2. and two. We got P.J. Walker at the helm. Guess what? He uses that so that now it, it gives you more time. If you get pulled in the office and your manager says, tell me why I should keep you if they don't make the playoffs. And here's my thing. If they keep P.J. Walker at quarterback, they're not going to make the playoffs. Let's be clear. Yeah, but Bull yeah. accurately made the point early on. No excuses. This I, I, None. Listen, we don't know what Teams Jimmy Howard going to do. Hey. All I know is, if I were the owner of the Browns, if you don't make the playoffs, you're getting fired. I got to find somebody so else. Guess, That's it. So guess no, what? So throwing your court and and if and. If they're throwing the quarterback under the bus, Jimmy Haslam would know about it. The teammates would know about it if they were purposely doing that. And and that would set a terrible precedent within the organization, and there's no way that would help me. No one would ever want to play here. Let me ask you, sometimes you can be incompetent to a point where you don't even know what you're doing. You inadvertently put him in a bad situation. Go back to when he was talking during the suspension time. How many times did y'all sit up here and say, why is Deshaun talking? Why don't they have a PR guy? Right. Why aren't they doing that? What's going on with that? That was one strike. When you develop in somebody's narrative, and first of all, he's a guy we didn't draft. So you know that the fans are going to be apprehensive to latch on. You've got to have imaging and messaging ready to go. They didn't have it the last year. This year turns around. And instead of having the imaging and messaging in place, you string this along, and people are now, people think, generally, generally speaking, that there's nothing wrong with them. Because you keep saying inadvertently, there's nothing wrong well, gee, with Well, though, there is one control in this experiment, and that is his play. Because right? he has played four games. Yep. Three games this year. Part, well, part, parts of four. Yeah. Part of a fourth. Played three games. Yeah. And not boding well for the general manager is that this guy has not been the savior that you told us he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And you told us that because of what you gave up. 
Yep. You gave up the 230. You gave up the three number one draft picks. Mm-hmm. That's an all-in trade. That means we're, that's Super Bowl trade. Mm-hmm. You don't make a trade like that to make the playoffs. You just made the playoffs one year earlier. Mm-hmm. This is a, win, a trade to win it all. The fans are looking at his body of work, and we've seen enough to know that ain't getting us to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so, ultimately, we can't fire Deshaun. Who the hell made this move? And that puts him squarely in the crosshairs. And that is the reason they are so concrete on not shutting him down. They won't even mention him sitting out games because they need him to perform in order. But he doesn't want to be shut down either, G. And players have always had that power. It's not a Browns thing. No, 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 no. This players don't got that power. Yes, they do. Really? Come on, well, quarterbacks Baker don't did. have the power. Baker, Baker did. Listen, here's what here's what I'm saying. Kevin Stefanski said, you know what? If you want if you want to keep playing, we're gonna sit you in that sideline. But there was a game earlier where he said Deshaun wants to play, but we're not. You know, or no? I'm sorry. He was cleared allegedly. Cleared. That cleared. Right? And and Deshaun said he couldn't play. Uh-huh. So the, again, the, guys, the messaging on this is been terrible all over, and, and, I, and I can understand yeah. why Florio and others in the media and even fans can be looking at this, saying, "What in the hell is going on in Cleveland?" Why? And maybe they have, but I don't know why. And I actually had Mary Kay on my podcast today. Um, that'll be out today, but but I didn't ask her this question specifically, and I should have. Why, like, has anybody asked Kevin Stefanski, what has happened here? Why is there the messaging been so off? Yeah, now he's so buttoned up. Listen, anything possible. He doesn't possible. say anything. It's possible you're right. I mean, but we could come up with a theory like this on everything, I, I, and I just feel like I re- I remember, it just I, doesn't make any sense. I remember, I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Let's go to another sport. Mikey, you can attest to this. Go back I'm to uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs when they had to enter their dynasty. They had Parker, Ginobili, uh, still had Tim Duncan, and the guy that they were pushing in the spotlight at that time was Kawhi Leonard. He became their best player, de facto player. Tony Parker and the rest of those guys were counting on him to carry the load. They were coming to him saying, hey, you're injured. Okay, cool, but we need you to get you back. We need you to get you back. The organization never said that it was as serious as it was, so his teammates kept being on him. Hey, man, what you doing? You leaving us behind, blah, blah, blah. Kawhi Leonard didn't say anything, right? He goes out, and he, he's sitting out, he goes to New York to get all this, uh, you know, check. They find out they're misdiagnosable or whatever the case may be. And he says, I'm never, ever, ever playing for the Spurs again, right? Because he felt like they pressured him to come back and play when he was not ready to play. So my thought process is this. It happens in all kinds of different sports, right? If Deshaun Watson, listen to what he's saying. He said, are you going to play on this Sunday? He said, I don't know. But his co- if you ask his coaches and the GM the same thing, they've been saying yes since Jump Street. That is true. So when people say, well, guess what? I'm not playing. They're not looking at them. They're looking squarely that, at that's you. That's why I called it yesterday. I called it InfoWars. Right. It feels now, and I can understand why Florio's come to this conclusion because I did yesterday. I said it feels now like it's your information versus the team's information. And to your point, all of the breadcrumbs that the organization has dropped have led us to think, not that bad, he's going to be out there. Well, they ruled him out yesterday, so that's not in that They did, definitively ruled him out. However, we're four games into this mess. Well, they ruled him out early against the Niners, too. 
Bolt, on Wednesday. Bolt, yeah. uh, initially, 10 days before the game, the general manager stood in front of the media and yeah. said he's going to play. He did. So, again, messaging from the team is not that serious. Day-to-day, to me, That's means crazy. by Saturday you could be good. That's week crazy. to week is completely did different. Stefanski, didn't Stefanski, when he was asked about it after the game, say he will be the starter if he's healthy? He can't, that he circled being back. left out. He circled yeah. back, and, and they cleared that up with yeah. – Mary Kay cleared that up earlier this okay. week. Because yeah. the quote that I heard was him saying, yeah, he's, he's going to be he, – he should be good to go. We expect him to play. Yeah. Or no, he's my starting quarterback. But obviously, then he came back around later and said, you know, obviously if he's healthy, he's my starting quarterback. Right. And then and, the next thing he said this week was he's out. So Bull, yeah. Here's the thing though. Yes, it's been mixed. Initially, on the day after the game, it was he's day to day. We're gonna we're gonna take a look. Just wait and see. Then we hear that he's practicing Friday. This right. was before the Baltimore game, and we thought, wow, he must be good. Now, the only confusing thing to me about all of your theory is Deshaun himself did no favors for himself when he told Mary Kay Cabot on Friday before the Ravens game, I expect to play. He's now, the one who hurt himself there. He did. 100%. But there was already damage done. He may have been, this is part of the theory, yes. he may have been saying, well, hell, my coach and my general manager expecting me to play. Like, I got to be an Iron Man well, and I got to play. What are you going to say against that? Like, like you got to, th- if, if you take it in a vacuum, it don't really make sense. But take the totality of it. Your, 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 your guy who came in here under cro- the most controversy in the league. So, you, when you immediately step in here, you not have to have an indoctrinate and ingratiate yourself to a new fan base, a new media base. You also have not played in two years, which means that you could come back and not play well, and we want you to play well. So you're not playing well. You're not getting the benefit of it out there. Right. And on top of that, you're in a locker room with people. Miles Garrett, been Miles Garrett. He was drafted here. Denzel Ward, drafted here. Right. Joe Batonio, those are the real, 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 real leaders because they've been here in that organization. So what you're trying to do, you may have that C on your chest in just, but what you're doing is you're trying to prove yourself to the other 53 minutes. What's weird is the game he was injured is the game he started to win over teammates and fans thank, and well, media. Thank you. Yeah. And he didn't want to give that capital back. He said, listen, I play, I'm just starting to get in here. I'm just starting to, people, people is, is showing, I'm showing them what I could be. Team is following me. I, you know, I, and so when you tell me, all right, now we go, I got to burn all of that goodwill because I'm out. No, I'm going to play as quick as I can because I still want that feeling. I need to get out there and prove myself. And the thing that got Baker hurt wasn't the fact that it was the money. It was proving himself. He had to prove sure. that it was the he was worth what they what he saw he was. The, and when you got something to prove, yeah. bull, you're going to go through a but wall. But the, the bottom line is all that matters really is not what the fans think, is what his teammates think, what his coach thinks, what the owner thinks. I mean, that's it. But he's got his money. In terms of, you know, and, and that's the same thing for like Stefanski. That. Like what the fans think of Stefanski is irrelevant. All that matters is what the players think and what the owner thinks. Let me that's t- it. I love when you just said that. On our morning call, uh, McNugget said, Browns defense, at what point in time when you got P.J. Walker out there, does that become something where 
it becomes infuriating because you know you got to play damn near perfect in order to win football games. I think it already really I think we've reached that week. point. And yeah. guess we've what? We've reached that point. And when you, when you as a defensive player, start looking at my, my, my effort being wasted, and I got P.J. sitting there, but I got I got Deshaun Watson sitting right here. We say, dang, if he, we could get just something. You can see why there'd be animus. Just a couple Particularly throws. because there is some messaging that makes them and media and yes. fans think at, that he's day-to-day. And in the end... You're not day-to-day with this injury. No, You're four it, to eight weeks from with this injury. In, in the end, we all agree that the Browns have botched this whole situation as an organization. They have. I just don't agree that Stefanski and Barry did it on purpose. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm not ready to go that. Yeah. I think that's a bridge too far for me, too. Only because I just... I don't see how... I You see a benefit... I guess we'll find out. Because if... It goes south from here, and they don't make the playoffs, and those guys don't get fired. Well, then maybe it did now, benefit them. But Bull, if, they, if they if they were told from a doctor that looked at the MRI, yeah, and this is where I think everything came off the tracks early, and I can understand why it would be misdiagnosed. Perhaps there was swelling, and they they didn't see the micro tear. But the problem here is if they were operating under one set of facts. I could see why they would be putting both internal and external pressure on Deshaun to get out there because they've got a doctor telling them it ain't that bad. So I can see why they might be saying things even subconsciously to the media. Oh, yeah, we expect, you know, in in 10 days from now against San Francisco, we expect he's going to go because maybe that's what they were hearing from the doctor. And as we got further and further along, and then we finally, two and a half weeks later, we hear the words micro tear. Right. Remember, that took a long time for them to tell remember, us that. They, the first thing we heard, no structural damage. That's right. So, so when players hear that, they know situations that they've been in. Hell, Joel Batonio had surgery and was on the field less than 14 days after surgery. That's another thing. So you hear that stuff, and guys know, wait, no structural damage. Let's go, bro. This is the NFL. Get the hell out here. The we need you. The whole thing is very confusing. It is. You're right. And, and, and for that, we yeah. can blame the Browns. 100%. Because their messaging 100%. on this has absolutely been but way below average. Mikey's got to read. I did not expect this to get into a conspiracy theory for the first 30 minutes. But, gee, I'm glad you bring it up. Sometimes the best topics come off the dome. We're going to move oh. on to our next thing in one sec. But first, if you, everyone needs or ever needs emergency medical care jace medical is the place to go the jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use giving you peace of mind so you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency jace medical makes sure you have that proper medication in hand and it's simple they handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation so you don't get caught unprepared get twenty dollars off these life-saving antibiotics today from jace medical by using promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. That is J A S E medical.com. G, you alluded to it a second ago, but with PJ Walker starting, the defense probably has to go into this game thinking they have to be damn near perfect to leave Seattle with a dub. And you've said you've been in many situations like that before, and you kind of just alluded to it. But what is the defensive player's mindset going into a game against a tough opponent, knowing that you're playing without? Your real QB one. Um, it's it's all my. I, I explain it as is a mix of emotions. You're angry, you're tired, um, you're depressed, um, you're irritable, um, and, and you don't like playing the game. Um, and people say, well, why would you say all of that? Because you know, just to play the game of football and to play it at a high level, you have to play with a with a with a type of energy and effort that you don't care about getting hurt. 
Um, that's the only thing that matters. You gotta, you're going to play through bumps and bruises. We just talked about with Joe Batonio. He had surgery, came back, scoped his knee, came back because they feel he, he feels he has to be out there. So when you're not playing with your, your, the best quarterback or you're playing with an offense that is hamstrung, you go back and, you go back and watch any great defense. Um, you could go back and look at to, to the Eagles uh, where they had Reggie White and those guys over there. You can go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You go back for the 85 Bears. Um, when you start to talk about the defense versus offense, it happens because the defense is so dominant that they are, they are playing so above their heads that after a certain point in time, they're going to start looking at the offense like, hey, man, listen, y'all got to pull y'all's weight, man. We ain't asking for much. Give us, give us some points, man. We just got you a turnover inside the 20-yard line. We kicking field goals on those. Y'all got to be able to punch that in. Hey, we gave you the ball back to be able to come back and do a whole, uh, you know, a drive under two minutes. And you guys are going three and out. So, you know, for me, I, I played at OU, and one of the things that, that always got me is at the time we was playing triple option. And we were the last team besides Army and Navy. Um, I think Air Force was still running the triple option at that time. And so basically, we would be playing teams, and we had one of the best defenses, the, the best defense in the MAC, one of the best defenses that stopping and running the country. But the problem was, when you when you run in triple option on third and seven, like you just want to go up to the coach and be like, "You get paid to do this. You yeah. you do understand that this ain't working. Like you're running that out of ego." Because you, you can't tell me that you believe that this is going to work against that team. Yeah. You're running it so you could be able to say, hey, we're old school. We run the triple option here. No, that don't, that don't lead to nothing. We're losing games. And so when you look at the Cleveland Browns, they gave you that effort against the Bengals and a great offense. They gave you that effort against the 49ers and a great offense. How many times can you keep asking them to give you that when they know what they got at quarterback? It's taxing. It is, and you mentioned the the '03 Bucks. I covered that team. I was with I was with that team for five years leading up to it. And even though the year they won the Super Bowl, remember John Gruden came in that season, mm-hmm. and what he did more than any other thing, aside from being a rah rah cheerleader that the whole team rallied around, and it was short lived. His star burned hot there and fast. But the one thing that was always evident during the four years I was there when Tony was there was there was an absolute conflict between the offense yeah. and the defense. You could hear it at practice. Chirping. The guys would yell, pick it up, score some damn points, keep us on the sidelines for more than two minutes. It was real. And I remember they had some pretty vocal guys, including Warren Sapp <laughs> on that defense. Yeah. And Warren was not one to hold his tongue, nor should he. They're playing. And he, the, the, the message was, boys, we're playing at a Super Bowl level here. you got to give us something. And then John Gruden came in, and John Gruden took that pretty bland and boring offense that was, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 12, 14 a game, and he's all of a sudden is throwing the ball all over the yard. Yep. He's got Brad Johnson looking like an all-world quarterback. The one thing Gruden could do was get a lot out of his quarterback. Hell, look what he did with Rich Gannon in Oakland. Um, and, and he was at the end of the string then. And it was incredible to me how these two factions – offense and defense within the same team came together once everybody started pulling on the rope. Yep. The offense suddenly loved the defense. The defense loved the offense. It was kumbaya everywhere, except for Warren and Keyshawn. They never really yeah, mesh. Yeah, they still don't. And, and they don't. And they're just two different personalities. And that's oh, it's probably always going to be that way. But other than that, 
it meshed. And so I think the point is, and McNuggets, your question is a good one. They're not going to spill it over to the media because I don't think there's a character on the defense like yeah. the Bucks had with Ward. Yeah. You know, John Lynch, Rondé yeah. Barber, Derek Brooks, they never aired any of that. But when you would talk to Warren, you could pick up things that he felt in between his comments. And just the way he said things, you're like, oh, he is not happy with the offense. Well, and, and, also, and it gets old. Also, that defense had been proved, was more proven than this defense. Far more proven. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. been that good for three for, or four years. For a number of years. And that's right? all on Tony Dungy. And, Tony and Dungy built thing, that I was just looking at Brad Johnson's statistics. What's interesting about Brad Johnson, like, I think back in that year, he had a great year, and he did. He went to the Pro Bowl. What's interesting is four years earlier, Washington, he had gone to a Pro Bowl also. I hadn't remembered that. He did have his moments in but his then career. But the two years in between, the Washington Pro Bowl, he had his last year in Washington, then his first year in Tampa, and then the second year in Tampa when they won the Super Bowl, yeah. and he played great. Those two years in between, he threw a, a ton of picks. A lot of interceptions. And it, his, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he was not turnover. I, in my mind, I don't remember him being very turnover prone that year, the year they won it. Six interceptions. And I credited the that year to Gruden. The year before they had thrown, he had thrown 13. The year after, believe it or not, he threw 20 picks. Wow. But that year he threw six. That was really the main difference. His completion percentage wasn't significantly different. Right. His yardage wasn't. It was just he wasn't turning the ball over. Right. Yeah. He threw like 24 touchdowns, six picks. I mean, that's a winning Dang, combination man. with a great defense. And, a, and they had a great running game. That's all they needed. Also. But, you know, right now, the Browns are hamstrung offensively, right? Yeah. You, 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 but they found a way, like, and, and so. But here's the thing about defense. This is interesting to me because I do believe the Browns' defense is excellent. But you could, if I were trying to be contrarian and argue against the Browns' defense, oh, I could, this could be my argument. Burrow was hurt and the weather was terrible. Yep. Pittsburgh and Tennessee are awful offensive teams. 49ers, again, weather terrible, bad against the Ravens, bad against the Colts. Yeah, but the 49ers I, to me is the outlier in there because the weather was it wasn't Not as bad ideal. as Cincinnati. I wouldn't call yeah. it terrible. There was weather, and I yeah. do think it really, really impacted Brock Purdy. I, I just think this defense has more to prove. I agree oh, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what? It's kind of like Miami. When you spot. look at Miami's offense, and yeah. we were saying all-time great, all-time great, all-time right. great, then they just got punched in the mouth by Philly. And they, they didn't play they, well against Buffalo. No, they gave a stat that I can't remember now. Maybe you can find it, Mike. Coming into that game, the Dolphins' victories were against teams that had like six wins and 25 losses. They've played nobodies. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. okay, their offense is killing it, but they're doing it against Denver. They're doing it against teams that are not good football teams. Now they've played two good football teams. The Bills punched them in the mouth, and the Eagles did too. Right, and, and the Browns so have beaten two good teams. The, the Browns' defense may be the defensive equivalent to the Dolphins. Maybe now they've beaten the Bengals. They've beaten the Niners, who are good teams. And you can't and take the Colts that away. Are not terrible. But, but but against the Colts, they didn't play great. Not they didn't play great. They played well below average, even by last year's standards. They looked like last year. They got year's the turnovers, so me. that part was great. Some, they some, did, and they had the splash plays. Yeah. Some people was some people would argue if you playing a supreme devil's advocate, or you just being a hater. Um, they would say, you take Miles Garrett off that defense. That's regular. 
Well, it was you, on it was on Sunday. You better hope he never gets. Now home. I could argue that with most well most superstar teams, yeah, yeah. But particularly an NFL defensive MVP about, right. caliber well, player. When we talk about the all-time great defenses, whether it's the '85 <laughs> Bears, whether it's the Giants of the '80s, whether it's the the uh, Baltimore Ravens, or whether it's the Buccaneers, all those teams had multiple Hall of Famers. Yes, they did. Now it's still early, but as of right now, I see one. Miles Garrett's the only guy on a Hall of Is there anybody on, else on this team no. that's on a Hall of Fame well, track I, right I, now? Well, I, I would say this, though. I, I, it, he's got to do it for a long time, and I'm concerned that he won't be able to because of the concussions. But yeah. Denzel Ward, if he could do this for 12 or 14 years, I don't see I, why I don't not. I think he's a Hall of Fame track. Well, I, he's got to do it again. He's only I, been in the league for, what, five, this is fifth year? I don't think he's played year? at a Hall of Fame level yeah, consistently. He's, he, he, he's played at a good, really good level, he, but not I, Hall of Fame. I don't even think, I don't even think he's played at a... All pro level. I think he's not consistent. He's a pro bowler. Well, two years last year, he was inexplicably bad. Yeah, he, I, he was, I don't. There, there's nobody on this team that's a Hall of Famer. Or I, I think I, if I had to bet today, is anybody on this defense going to be a Hall of Fame? I would bet on Miles Garrett, and that's probably it. Yeah, I, I do have a question for you guys, and, and that's and, fair, Bull. And, and maybe, maybe y'all y'all answer this question in the chat too, because I got all these conspiracy theories and stuff. But there's one question that I come down to that just does not make sense. And I need a super sleuth or detective mm. to get on this case. Why in the world does it seem like there is no, it's not even in the cards or a remote possibility to bring in another quarterback? I poked, yeah, I, I prodded. I'm with you. There's nothing. Well, it's 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 void. It's it seems, empty space. And and if there was some kind of smoke, I think Adam would have heard about it. Nothing. And yeah. he was just like that. I don't expect Why? that to Mary happen. Mary Kay, as I said, I had Mary Kay on the podcast. We actually recorded it last night. It'll be out later today. And she, like Jason, wrote an article recently about uh, tra- trading for Jacoby Brissett. Mary Kay did the same thing last night. She wrote an article about trading for Jacoby Brissett. It seems to make the most sense of all the options out there. I think if you were going to sign Carson Wentz, and I'm getting to your point, mm-hmm. if you were going to sign Carson Wentz or Nick Foles, that would have been something you did four weeks ago. Because now, if you sign him, they're not ready to go. No. Those guys need some time. Yeah. Whereas Jacoby Brissett's been—he hasn't played in the game, but he's been ready as any other that, backup would be. That goes to be. G's quote yesterday: "Leaders are decisive in times of need." Exactly, and so, they have been anything but that. So to answer your question, like I said to her. You know, are, are, it seems like they're not even considering it. And she said, yes, it does seem that way right now. I think they should, and I think they still might. She made the point, like, she doesn't think it's too late for them to change their mind. Now, we would all argue well, that the, this should have happened a while ago. And guess what? The clock is ticking. Yes, but we still take it. Better late than never. You know in baseball, Bull, the team that makes the trade deadline move in mid-July is it has yeah. beaten everyone big, to the right? that's a that's a crazy because what happens and you know this as you get closer and closer to the deadline more and more teams have urgency and they start ramping up their offers that's right so the buying price goes up on on october 10th is probably going to be less than what it would be for that same player yeah. on October 30th. 100%. And, if, and yeah, right. Strike. You know the right. need is there. You and, know the need is and there. And if you're talking about Jacoby Brissett, assuming that Washington's willing to trade him, now we don't know that. Maybe they don't want to trade him. Maybe they like having him around Sam Howell. We have no <laughs> idea. But assuming... Or maybe they, they value the fact that he's an insurance policy for Sam Howell. Exactly. Because we undervalued that. Right. But we're, we're, we're looking at them as, well, they're out of it, so why? what do they care about that? 
if Washington's willing to trade Jacoby Brissett, why would the Browns not do it? Like, I can't think of a single that reason bull, not that's to bull. do it. That's, it. that's what I'm asking. Yeah. What, you know what, what this reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of when everybody in football was saying, huh, why aren't they using Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at the same time? And it wasn't just us, and it wasn't just local fans. Yeah. You'd watch the games on local and say, man, they've got two horses. You think that maybe we'd see them together at the same time. And we never did. And never, the media kept asking, never, yeah. and they kept saying, no, we've got a package. But we'd watch we'd and we'd be like, yeah. oh, they're, and, or they'd be this. They were on the field for five plays, and the average net on those five plays for, was 11 yards. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, it seems to be working. To me, it felt like they were saying, we're the Ivy Leaguers here. We know. You think you do don't know, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And it just, I just, I couldn't answer that either. It felt like stubborn digging in, and they never did and, it. And, and it's to me, I, I look at this game, and they know what they're up against going to Seattle like that. And they know how Seattle's playing ball. My thing is, I, I, I hate to think that you're conceding games. Like, you, you, have you conceded the fact that it's an uphill battle and you got a 25, 30% chances of winning? When you could have went out and got somebody, and, and instead of being four and three, you could be five and two looking forward to doing bigger and better things. Boy, five right. and two. What a difference. With five. Arizona at With home. Arizona coming up next at yeah. home. That's why You I'm could anxious. get to six and two. When you're six and two, you're now in the conversation for home, home, field, home field. Right, yeah, yeah. When you're four and three, you're not. Well, I, it, that, that's tough it, to swallow. It, it, there's really no great answer as to why. I, I would like that question to be asked to Andrew Berry. Andrew Berry spoke a couple of weeks ago. He's not talking right now, obviously. No. But I would love to know his answer. And I know they don't give you any straight answers or anything. But why would you not look to upgrade? There's, there's no metric you could point to where PJ, where the Browns quarterbacks as a whole this year have not been the worst in football. No, they're the 32nd in overall quarterback yeah. play, no matter where you look. Yeah, I mean, it's... And so, based on that, yeah. all the evidence is very obvious. What they have in that room is not enough. Yeah. Yet, people that cover this sport for a living and know, and would know if there were talks at least underway, are saying, yeah, we're not expecting to see that. Jacoby Brissett played... Listen, I'm not a huge Jacoby guy. I don't know anybody that's a huge He's better Jacoby than what guy. we have now. But Jacoby Brissett, in 11 games last year, threw six picks, right? Isn't that the number? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Uh, P.J. Walker and DTR have thrown six picks in three games. <laughs> and, it, and it really could have been like eight or nine between them, the I, way they've thrown the ball. Yeah, you're right. It could have been I more. mean, to, it, you can't... The fact that they... Now, Jacoby played 11 games. He didn't play the whole season. But still, 11 games to have right. only six picks? 11 You can live three. with this defense? Yeah. That's what, what's, what drives me mad is we had decent backup quarter play la- quarterback play last year, but a terrible uh, defense. And this year, we've got a great defense and terrible backup quarterback play. You can't, like, can't we get them together? Right. And the way you won against Indianapolis is unsustainable. They won a oh. game where the defense played poorly and the quarterback was awful. Like, it, it, if I there. tell you your quarterback's going to be awful and your defense is going to be awful, you're going to lose 99 out of 100 Yeah, what, what the X factor was, it was one of the all-time great individual performances by right. one guy on the defense. That's, and the who kicker. Who saved the and day. The and the kicker. The kicker and the defense. Outside of that... That's an L. 98% of the time when you give up 38 points yeah. and your quarterback throws three interceptions, that's an L. If the Browns, 
the, the reality is as great as Miles Garrett played, if the Browns have ha- had any kicker that they've had since Phil Dawson, yeah. besides this guy, the, both those they're, games they're are two losses. and four right now. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Mikey? Uh, guys, Deshaun Watson is speaking to the media as we speak. So I'm going to do a read, and then I'm going to give you the first, the early quotes, and we'll react. He was okay. not supposed to speak. He is scheduled to speak. and actually speaking right now despite not playing. But on Fridays, you guys know where we are from 1231. We're on WKYC TV. Join us for 30 minutes of brand-new Seahawks and Browns preview content exclusively on Channel 3, so make sure you guys tap in and tune in tomorrow for that. Deshaun is speaking to the media as we speak. The first quote has come out. This is from Zach Jackson. I'm going to read this to you guys. And if you have it on tag board, you want to throw it up, you can. It's the one you just had up on your screen right there. Deshaun was asked, how's he doing? He said, quote, just not that one, the one from Zach Jackson. Uh, you take it, Steve. Just rehabbing. I'll be back as soon as I possibly can. He was asked, did you rush it last week? He said, I don't know. Hope to play again as soon as possible. Just have to go through the process again. Get it as strong as possible. We will continue to search and dive through Twitter to find the most recent up-to-date quotes from Deshaun Watson here. But another one here coming from Zach. Hold on. We're going to get some live reaction here. But let's react to what Deshaun's saying. And uh, you can take he it, He also Steve. said he may have rushed back. I'm sorry if you didn't say that. If I, you said that, and I'm repeating. Watson, why would I want to play? I just worked my ass off for two years to get back. Says he may have rushed back. I wasn't 100% last week. I thought I was. I wasn't ready. Some more of the quotes. The concern was the shoulder from the jump. I didn't know about the concussion test until the second time in the medical tent. I wanted to go back in, but it was a team decision. Was he ever in protocol, though? He was not in the concussion protocol. Yeah, because afterwards, Stefanski was pretty clear. He was cleared to play. It was my decision. This from Tom Withers. Watson said he isn't sure if he suffered a setback by playing last week, but he did acknowledge it, uh, acknowledge, excuse me, it wasn't right. Yeah, well, we all we could we could see, see that. Th- see, this is this this is what I'm talking about here, man. Like when you say we we talk about well, every player gets to decide that. No, like, like they're not. Once again, the messaging is off. First and foremost, the coach needs to just come out and say, "Look, Deshaun Watson, we putting him on." A four game. You know what? It's better for him to be sitting there one week completely healthy and not playing, so he knows exactly. Air, air on the side of caution. Yeah, four yeah. weeks. Uh, they should have done which, it. Which, by the way, guys, when we were saying what percentage does he have to be, I was steadfast on the hundred percent because that's what the surgeon was. You know, that's what people were saying. If he rushes back with this injury, yeah, you have a higher likelihood of suffering a complete tear yeah. and a setback. Now he's had a setback. Now the year's yeah. over. Yeah, like like get him healthy for the second half of the season. Let's try to scrap our way through the next couple of games with defense and a run game, and get him back healthy for the second half of the season. And that's when you want to be playing your best football, anyway, anyhow. You, you say this: how easy this will be today. Stefanski comes out and say, listen, Deshaun's rehabbing. We're going to put him on IR for four games. What are we going to do? You can't retro that because he played last week, no. right? So, so no. So, he, so he's going to There's go. no retro. So, <laughs> so if he goes. I thought there like was. Baseball, he'll, no. he'll go on IR for four games. We're, we're going to set him there. We're going to also go out and look for another quarterback yeah. to come in here. I'd be happy with that. The the quarterback I'd be happy the with that. The tricky thing is, and whether you like this or not, it's the reality. The quarterbacks have a lot of say. I thought Joe Burrow should have gone 
watching him the first four weeks, like Joe Burrow finally looked healthy to me the last two games. Yeah. Watching him, I was like, they should have put him on IR to start the season. Right. He should have missed the four games. But Joe Burrow's <laughs> like, I want to gut it out. So if the quarterback's saying, I want to gut it out and push through, yeah, there's part of you that's like, well, I'm the adult. I, I got to stop him. But these guys want to play, G. That factors in. Jay Gruden even said, I don't know if he said it to Mike off the air or whatever. He's like, man, if a quarterback wants to play, it's kind of hard to say no. Well, and it's not, let's not make that seem like the Browns are the only yeah, team that does it. Now, hey, not, I agree they botched the situation. And I agree that they probably should have put him on IR. But a lot of teams fall to the pressure of the quarterback wanting to play even if he's and, not ready. And a lot of those coaches end up getting replaced. When you're the and, head coach. Stefanski might too. If you're the coach, you, it's on you. I, I'm the leader. I'm the leader of the ship. Yeah. So, if I feel like you, you hurting yourself or harming, it's just like being a parent. Like so Your kid may want to go to school. He may want to go because it's a field trip, but he's sick. And you're like, listen, nah, bro, you ain't been to school all week. You got a fever. I'm sorry, bud. You can't go. Yeah, there does have to be an adult. And I, what makes this situation so tricky is it ended the a quarterback who, prior to that point, the fan base and really – the National Football League observers felt like, wow, the Browns finally got it right at quarterback. Mm-hmm. They finally got their guy. They had, you know, they win 11 games. They win a playoff game on the road against their biggest rival. They put the Kansas City Chiefs damn near at the brink of elimination. And you blink, and three games later, it all starts to come unraveled. It, t- it, it click, flip. People flipped on you. So, Locker room don't like it. You're losing games. All they had to do was put him. They could have put Baker on IR. They could have put this guy on IR. And by the way, why why did they have a, such a? Uh, they the Browns went from having Case Keenum making the most money as a backup quarterback yeah. to Jacoby Brissett, who they loved and admired, and we felt he was a great locker room guy and people loved. And you stripped the the the, the, the importance of a backup quarterback and then moved all the way to a rookie who had never played. Clearly, after this, you know Deshaun Watson has some. Well, different when you're things. paying a quarterback, a t- most of the teams that are paying starting quarterbacks a lot of money do not have a high-paid backup. That's that's, that's the true. reality. I mean, now you can't. I, Watson's being asked about the Brady Quinn stuff, and he's saying don't listen to it and stuff. I I, I do have to be fair about something. Um, I killed Baker for being rabbit ear to ra- having rabbit ears. And I got to be critical of Deshaun Watson a little bit. I agree. Well, he, you're going to bring up the quote. Let me just show it so everyone sees. Ahead. I'm sure you're referring to the same thing. But I, he I, said, "Well." He sees everything. Why would anybody listen to that stuff? It ain't coming from me. All the other is BS. He also went on to say that the national media members don't know me, don't listen to anything they say about me. Yeah, but the fact that he says he sees everything. I have said, I said it about Baker. I'll say it about any professional athlete. I'll say it about us. When you're in this situation, you cannot have thin skin and rabbit ears. You can't, because if you go out and try to find what people are saying about you, it, the famous quote is, you can please some of the people all of the time and all of yeah. the people some of the time, but you can never please all of the people all of the time. Right. What the hell does Deshaun Watson care what anybody is saying about him? Yeah, now, he was asked specifically about Brady Quinn. I so know, I don't but care he about said, I see but everything. But he said, I see everything. Like, like, plus, he blo- <clears throat> I, I just noticed yesterday he blocked me on Twitter. Like, why is he blocking me How for? do you even know that? Because I tried to, I was, I was putting out a, I put out a tweet about Brady Quinn being a hypocrite. And I referenced the thing he said about Zach Wilson last yes. year. And in it, I tagged. Deshaun. I did tag Brady Quinn. 
I tagged Deshaun and I tagged Quincy Avery. And when I tried to tag Deshaun, or when I, I had to, fi- I, I couldn't remember what his Twitter handle was offhand. Yeah. So when I looked it up, it said I was blocked. And I was like, I mean, I haven't been very critical, but like, and I certainly have defended him in a lot of ways in terms of the off the field stuff. And like, you've he, been a lot more of his supporter than I have. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe and, I, maybe and, I'm and blocked I just, too. I don't look like this. Where we start blocking <clears throat> people on Twitter and the media locally, that just seems so <clears throat> lame. Uh, and it well, means you're worried you about this, that though, stuff too much. I'd be okay with blocks, but when you respond to it, you enter the fray. You come down to their level. Like, I, and I noticed, we talked about this on the show yesterday, Quincy, who is at Deshaun's level in his field. Right. The stable of guys that trust him with their career. This dude is accomplished. He's made it. What the hell does he care what Brady Quinn is saying about one of his guys? You know, when you respond to it, to me, you're feeding the troll. That's true. And you're inviting more of it. Because, by the way, when everybody else sees that you respond to one of the critics, they they get their chest puffed up. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. He blocked me. It's like a, it's like a badge of honor. Or yeah. he responded to me. Like, when you do that, right. you tell all the other trolls, and there are millions, yeah. that even though you've got 25 followers... And even though I can't find your show on TV, internet, radio, or anywhere, right now I, you're saying to them, you matter because yeah. you respond like to Bertie them. Like Bertie Kosar, you matter. You matter. Like, for me, Deshaun needs to just literally, and, and, and yeah. I know that and this is And I didn't want to be, I'm not taking it as pride that he blocked me. No, I, I know you're not. Yeah. You're kind of flummoxed by I, the whole thing. I don't thing. understand. I just, if you're Deshaun Watson, here's your concern. Yeah. Number one is being a great football player. Number two is being a great football player. And all the way down through your top 10 concerns are being a great football player. If you're spending energy and wasting time seeing everything, do you know how much time that has to take in a day if you search your own name? I fight with fans sometimes. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It never solves anything. Last night... Last night, I was like, and, you know, I, I've been trying so hard not to put anything about politics at all on Twitter because I, it just leads to aggravation. Last night, I'm like to my wife, I want to tweet about the Speaker of the House. I want to tweet about the Speaker of the House. She's like, don't do it. It's not going to get you anywhere. Listen to your wife. She knows and what she's like, talking about. you're right. You're right. Because, Bull, gonna what's going to happen? People. Do you think that people on you, the other you, side are going to say, wow, minds. you know what, Bull? You're right. I never no. thought about There's that. There's no point. You're right. She's you're right. not going to talk me out of uh, talk me out of being a diehard Browns fan. Yeah. I've had people try to do it. <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm like, wasting your it time. You're like She's trying right. to convince me that my favorite right. color is not my favorite color. So me arguing with people is it's stupid. Pointless. If and it's pointless. And the same for If we're having a good... If I'm debating with a fan about a sports topic, that's fine. And if it, it when it devolves, and typically the first salvo, it's already gone. Yeah, yeah When right. somebody sees one of your comments or tweets and says, you're an idiot, yeah. like, I, I am so done hey, with guys, you know, No. Earl actually listened to Deshaun speak and, like, the whole thing. Well, let's let, put him on. Yeah, Earl, what would you think of Deshaun? Yo, so just an overall, like, summary of what I uh, – his tone, he sounded like he was really frustrated with some of the questions that he was asked. Uh, somebody asked him, you know, there's been speculation that you might not even want to play for the Browns, and you could just tell by his tone he was kind of pissed off by that. Who asked that He question? was asked uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back that? and listen. I'm going to go back and listen. 
But uh, he was also asked about, you know, him not speaking to the media last week and him not speaking yesterday. I know we allude a lot here about him speaking on Wednesdays. And he, he literally said, he said, man, no shade at y'all. But, like, it was never no set day when I was in Houston uh, when I spoke to the media. And I guess it's a big deal to y'all here that I speak on Wednesdays. I yes. just don't. I, I can see I, that. I don't. But why is he getting aggravated by those questions? Well, that, I, that, I think in general, he's irritated in general. Yeah. And do you know how when you're in a bad mood, everything, everything that comes at you looks like shit? You're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Everything, right. you know, when you're in a great mood, everything tastes better. Yeah. All the jokes are funnier. Your highs are higher. I get it. I understand his frustration. He, this guy wants to be on the football field, particularly because, as we talked about, mm-hmm. he's coming off his one good game. He wants to prove that this wasn't a fluke. This is now who I am. And he wants to prove that so badly, he was willing to go out there and try it when he knew he wasn't ready. So, so when, 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 when somebody asks you a dumbass question like that, and it's dumb, People hide behind the fact that they journalists and they need to ask it because the fans want to know. No, you want to know. You ain't asking that question on behalf of fans. You have an autonomous notepad of what you want to write. If I'm a if I'm a player and I didn't all went through all the allegations, I didn't went through off season. Yeah. Now I'm hurt. I come back. Hi, how are you? I hurt. I hurt my. I, I hurt. I hurt. We're good, Aditi. Thanks. I hurt. I hurt my arm again. Right. I, I have a setback. I should have been sitting out chilling. And you asked me. Yeah, now you're angry. You, 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 some people say you don't even want to play in Cleveland. What kind of dumbass question is that? And, and, and here's well, why it's really a dumb question. Florio that's mentioned dumb Florio as hell. speculated about it sure. in his article. Yeah. And that's why it got brought and, up. And, and so, but here's why it's really dumb. There's no, he's here and he's not going anywhere. You know, he's not tradable. Right now. Right, right. There isn't a team in the NFL that would take on that contract right now. No one would. But but asking a question about, like, um, see, if you put the question as, and I don't know how the questions were asked, but if you put the question as, hey, there have been, you know, when you ask, well, there's former players, including two former Browns, saying you should be on the field right now, what's your response to that? That's yeah, a reasonable yeah that would be fine. That or, would be a reasonable you know, question. You, sometimes you say, you can't ask this question. Are things good between you and the Browns? Right. Yeah. Here's what you ask. How would you characterize your relationship right now with the Browns? Yeah. Now you're going to get some telling. He's got he's to create his own adverbs and adjectives, and he's got to put it together. Instead of saying, yes, things are good. Put a pointed question to him. How would you characterize your relationship right now with Andrew Barry and yeah. Kevin Stefanski? And you might be able to glean something out of the way he answers it. He might say, things are fine. Okay, that's telling. But if he goes into genuinely saying, look, Kevin and I are very much on the same page here. I know you all want us to be on opposite sides of the fence here, but we are lockstep in, in, in sync with one another. Okay, now that tells me something too. But don't ask a question that's going to, you know it's going to ruffle him up. Yeah, asking him about why you he be here in Cleveland Wednesday instead of Thursday, that's stupid. That's yeah. unnecessary. Uh, you got to read and then Aditi, right? We're going to bring Aditi in after we remind the people of the good world that FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America. It is not even a debate. It is FanDuel and no one else. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a simple $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, regardless of the outcome, and you can bet on anything. 
from spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally no better time to get in on the action. I promise you it is so simple. Visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season, the NBA season, the World Series. You can bet on hockey. If you can bet on it, you can find it on FanDuel. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. 